Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast, a podcast where a toxic, manipulative comedian talks to a relationship therapist based out of Gosford, Central Coast, New South Wales. My name's Neil. I'm the comedian. Eliza, how are you going? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Enjoying the long weekend. We're filming this uh, on the Monday of the long weekend. Uh, not that a long weekend really <laughs> is any different to me in lockdown. No. But one week till Sydney is officially out of, well, starts to get out of lockdown. I know. Are you excited? Are you counting down the days for your show to come back? What day does it come back? Uh, Thursday, the 14th of October. So yes, get tickets. Uh, if you live in Sydney, neilkohatka.com slash tickets. I'm very excited. It's surreal. It's going to feel strange actually performing again because last year's lockdown was not this long, if I remember correctly. Um, So it's going to be very surreal. But at least I was worried for a while people would have to wear masks while they're actually in the show. And (laughs) that would be so awkward because it would muffle the laughter. But no, I've been told you don't have to do that. You have to wear a mask to enter the bar, but that's it. Wow. And you have to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Um, So you have to be a sheep. Like me, I'm fully vaccinated now. So if you're like me and you're uh, part of the sheeple crowd, you can come to my show. Very excited. So there's an an incentive for you (laughs) to to give up your civil liberties. Come see me live. (laughs) Um, And another uh, announcement at the top of this podcast, we have an official sponsor for the podcast, Crush Organic CBD Oil. I've been mentioning them previously because I have an affiliate sponsorship with them, Uh, but now They've been kind enough and generous enough to officially sponsor the podcast. Uh, They have an immense range of CBD products. I use the platinum oil. That one's my favorite. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, you should be able to see it right there. They've got a range of oils. They've also got gummies. They've got products for pets. I need that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It's very exciting, isn't it? Uh, Crush have also reformulated their signature pet blend to include the perfect amount of CBD combined with essential vitamins and minerals to keep your furry little loved ones calm and happy all day long. They have bath bombs, gummies, paint creams. They've got everything. They've got absolutely everything. So go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL for 40% off. We also have another sponsor here, Solid GPS. Are you worried that your vehicle is going to be stolen. Well, you need solid GPS. If you live in Gosford, okay, you need a solid GPS tracker, solidgps.com. Nearly 50,000 vehicles are stolen every year in Australia. To help recover stolen vehicles, your Aussie-built GPS tracker can be placed nearly anywhere inside your vehicle. It'll last for months on end. It's all 100% Australian. Uh, Go to solidgps.com, enter the coupon code NEIL at checkout, to get two months of tracking for free. So, see, Crush, CBD oil products, and Solid GPS. Woohoo. I endorse them. Is it, Sex Cells endorses is them. Is it Crush with a C or is it... Crush with a K. K. Crush okay. with a K. That's yeah. right. Yeah, got to make that clear. Uh, crush, K-R-U-S-H, organics.com. Use the code NEIL. And finally... Uh, I've actually changed, uh, because so many of you are uh, sending in questions, uh, which is amazing. Thank you very much. I've actually had to up the price <laughs> because we're getting such an influx. <laughs> so we've uh, changed it to a similar model as the uh, Neil and Jordan podcast. So it's uh, it's $15 a month to ask a question or even a topic. We're a bit more, uh, you know, we'll, uh, 
we won't specifically spend 10 minutes or the full podcast, but we'll spend a good portion of the podcast answering your question. And once we've answered your question, there's no obligation to remain a subscriber. But as most of you are aware of by now, all that money goes straight to charity. So I hope that it's a good incentive to uh, for you to maintain that subscription. All right. Very exciting. Over. Well done. Yeah. First of all, I did <laughs> not know a... that they, because I've heard you and I have talked off, um, obviously off podcasts about um, the the oil, that the platinum oil that you use and you like had me sold it and I forgot because I was like, I'm going to get this. But now knowing that they have the pet stuff, I literally got a call from my dad this morning because we introduced our pets the other day. Um, it didn't go to. Cute. How did that <laughs> go? <laughs> not good my dog oh, no. is crazy um they're both newly rescued dogs so we thought she's really good with us but with other dogs and other people she just doesn't calm down and this he, he was like a my parents dog was a tiny little jack russell and he was so like sweet and little and my dog was a pest and she could not calm down she's just going crazy and my dad was like you need to get some like cbd product <laughs> and dog training <laughs> so we'll do both well there you go which is Perfect. good and a Disclaimer, I do not live in Gosford <laughs> for the 50th time, but uh, where thing. I do live, we always have Facebook posts about um, cars going missing and especially motorbikes. So <laughs> thank you so to, you go. They all need to get solid, solid GPS. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to post <laughs> it on the local Facebook page. Both, right? like, I know a guy. If uh, <laughs> prospective thieves were all on CBD oil, they wouldn't be thieves. Exactly. <laughs> we're still look. They, they should give us extra money for this like elongated sponsorship <laughs> that we're doing. Here. I know they should. Although you have to be, you have to be eighteen plus to get that, don't you? Sure. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Uh, but yes, check check the website, and uh, if you're using it for the first time, just use a uh, maybe one or two drops to begin with. Um, but first of all, before we start this uh, podcast, well, this is actually part of it. Uh, we're actually going to come back to a question we answered. I can't remember when. I think it was two weeks ago. Um, and it's from uh, Mr. Military, who Cat I uh, wrongfully assumed <laughs> was uh, was straight. I very toxically assumed that. Uh, so he just wants a, a bit of a follow-up about the actual formula TikTok employs that seems to... Um, uh, process a lot of not safe for work underage content uh, right at the top of the For You page. You know, there's a lot of highly sexualized teenage content. Mm. So um, do you think TikTok has a duty of care as a publisher for these minors to ensure their safety? Uh, part of the problem is that uh, I can report all the cases of underaged NSFW material I have about 30 reports in my inbox and they all came back from TikTok as no violation. Oh, Nothing wow. happens. I can't use the not interested feature because that's a content filter, not an age filter. I feel like there's nothing I can do to reduce the issue. Mm. And it is strange. Um, I guess if it's not pornographic, so if there aren't nipples and genitalia shown, it's legal and TikTok, I, I guess, are in their rights to um, put it in everyone's For You page. It's, yeah, it's really disturbing because I've been in the same position as 
Catboy where I've come across videos that I actually came across a video where I made a full um, child protection report on and I went full investigation mode. I found the Instagram, found the parent's name, found like their email address, everything because I won't go into details because it was like, okay. it involved like toddlers and it was really just like oh, really whoa. inappropriate and seeing that it had this video had 50,000 views already and like how many pedophiles are on um, TikTok and Wait, basically just how yeah do you, okay i mean do you mind going into a little yeah, bit yeah well basically it was detail about um, what it was? a family in sydney australia were just i i don't know if it was intentional i don't i don't know um, but uh-huh. they were kind of exploiting their, um, like there was a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they would put like videos of them up. They put videos up of the parents, like kissing them, um, on the mouth, but it wasn't like a family kiss. It was like a, this child was like, it was mm. really, um, inappropriate, elongated, passionate kind of. They, I felt like they were trying to make it sexual. Mm. Um, other videos they put up of their like one year old, um, like lying after a nappy change, and like she put lipstick marks all up his thighs and stuff. And I was just like, holy shit! Um, so yeah. I called child okay. protection hotlines, gave them all the details um, that I could find, and um, at the very least, it sounds strange. At the very worst, yeah, that does sound exactly, like a very, uh... yeah. And having worked and working in currently as well, child protection, it's one of those things where it could literally just be like a very loving mother being like, I just love um, a family. This is a cultural way of how we express our love, you know, doing this. Putting lipstick (laughs) on my toddler's thigh. Yeah, that wasn't the bad one though. Like it was really bad. And then you see other videos of like, do you remember the, the, I don't know if you ever saw, saw this, the bunny trend and it was like, um you'd first of all you i can't even remember but basically a girl would be like sitting on her elbows like lying on her bed and then she'd like pop you'd see her like feet behind her um because she's lying on her stomach and you just see her feet going like this like bunny ears and then at the end she'd pop her like thrust her hips up so you see the outline of her like ass behind her and this trend went viral but then there was this whole issue where all these 12 13 year old girls were doing it or the other one where it's like people are dancing oh, okay. casually clothed and then the lights go red for like a point second and you just see like the black silhouette of a naked body and young girls were doing this and then it was you know later found out that actually you can people can download those videos remove the red filter and see them naked um all these things constantly happening on tiktok i wonder that as well like what is there duty of care because i always think that tiktok should have age groups like it should be 13 to 15 year olds have their own yeah 16 to 21 or 20 year olds have another and then 21 and above have their own uh because that would Mm. be the most appropriate i think it's i think it's shocking what they allow on there definitely 18 um under 18 there can be uh some sort of regulation to ensure that uh 15-year-olds aren't being shown on uh, the uh, For You page of uh, people over the age of 18. Yeah. But again, like, you know, you, you see I get all these dancing videos on my uh, For You page and I don't know if they're at uni or they're yeah. 15, 14. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, you, you can't tell. So 
Um, I just assume that they're uh, underage. But then again, it does beg the question, if, it, if it's dancing, I mean, is there someone over the age of 18 uh, ethically permitted to look at a 15-year-old and say that's that's good dancing? You yeah, know? it's... At what point does it become a problem? That's It's a good point because it's when you look at like that, what's that show, Dance Mums. And it shows all yeah. the girls and they're amazing, amazing dancers. It's like nine to 12-year-old girls. And some of their moves are like scandalous. Sometimes there's a booty drop and a twerking. And pe- a lot of gyrating. Yeah, well. and people yeah, would look at it's... that and think, oh, this, they're amazing dancers. That was cried performance. Like, well, like no one was really looking at it that sexually until like I think – 10 years later because that show started so long ago and now people are like this is really like weird and inappropriate so it is interesting how that has kind of people are more um willing to say like this is weird and this is not right or maybe it was only what 10 years ago being viewed people weren't even having that thought because they were just like it's kids dancing (laughs) um but yeah. yeah it does beg the question i mean are we uh, sort of pr- pr- projecting our own sensitivities onto onto this. I mean, mm. if there is a very small percentage of people who are uh, having a immoral reaction to some of these underage people um, dancing provocatively, should that then discourage young people from doing something they, by all accounts, enjoy doing, which is uh, you know filming themselves having fun and 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 dancing and also, some of them seem quite uh, purposefully suggestive and, and sexual. And similarly to uh, Catboy, uh, where he said, I don't want this to come across like victim blaming. Yeah. Uh, but if someone's twer- uh, twerking is such a sexual yeah. dance move, and if a 16, 17 year old is doing that, I mean, what re- what is the moral reaction to have that? Do I do I just shut off the app? I mean, like, what are you meant to do? Do you report it? Do you just ignore it? Yeah. Or do you just sort of sit uncomfortably, watch for two seconds, and think, like, nope, she's probably underage, and scroll up? I'm pretty sure there is a report function that's just this is inappropriate, so you can do that and it is hard because a lot of people say you know these teenagers have responsibility to to know and be aware of um you know cyber safety and i i go through this every single day with the teenagers i work with and it's very as i always say like teenagers want to express themselves sexually when they become teenagers and because it's so they you know they spend hours every day on um the internet it's just how they express themselves like they would express their personalities and I worked with a girl who was um, 15 and she she got referred to me because she um, was twerking and putting videos of herself online and she was getting her younger brother to film her twerking and then, you know, got all these services, got involved. And I was working with her for ages and she really, she would come across very educated about, um, you know, internet safety and she had a lot of attention-seeking behaviors and a lot of sexualized behaviors and what ended up having she would just give me her phone 
and just say, look at this, hold my phone for two seconds and watch this. I'd hold her phone and notification after notification, literally within seven minutes of me holding the phone, there was 150 messages from like um, Mm. men in their 40s and 50s offering her money, offering her like, I'll buy you hair extensions, I'll get your nails done, send me a video of this, even from her relatives and things like that. What? Yeah, it was... It was really, um, okay. it got messy, really bad. And she ended up uh, homeless because um, her uncle <laughs> was trying to, he was Jesus. being inappropriate. And then, and then um, the family blamed her did saying, it. you, you, you did, you brought this on, you seduced him with your online videos. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, the thing is she was, she was taking Jesus. the men for the things they it- were offering, which was even scarier. Yeah, right, mm. right. Because, oh gosh. Well, I, I, I guess if you are a teenage girl and you're suddenly getting a lot of this validation, it may seem uh, fun at the yeah. start. Yeah, and then she was like, I would know. I've never been in that position. Exactly. That's it. She was it say to me, "What's like... the worst that can happen, Eliza? I just send them a video and I get two hundred bucks. Like it's easy. And like, unfortunately, without going like divulging details, there was it ended." really sad what ended up happening to this girl was a borderline a kidnap and assault um from from men um so terrible outcome but for like a year of us working together constantly it was really really hard to see her the risk without her having ever experienced because all she was doing is putting herself out there and getting all the benefits of it and she was like well why wouldn't we do this i'm homeless now i'm not like (laughs) um i was lonely and now i'm not Boys mm. never wanted me. Now they do. Um, all these things, but that's you know this is uncommon, I guess, with with teenagers. That's not a cop. She was a special, right. um, you know, case. I would say. But the thing is, is that putting teenagers aren't aware, I think, of the risk of putting themselves out there until they actually experience the consequence of it. And when that um, bunny trend came out, I saw a video that uh, a mother had uploaded saying her daughter saw this trend who was 13 and not like a mature looking 13 year old, just a very like year classic dorky year seven girl um, did the trend. And the mother showed a like video of all the comments from on that video being like, do it again, but don't wear leggings, wear little shorts, do it again, but take your socks off. Like so sexy where she was so obviously like she had like these buck teeth and these big ears and like this, she was just a dorky looking girl. So child look like it was just really sad to see. Um, It wasn't like an outlier. It was all the, all of the comments were like that. Oh, well, people seem to be getting just completely desensitized yeah. to this sort of yeah. content. Now, I do wonder, and, and I'm not uh, justifying it, but I wonder how many of those comments were troll comments uh, because what mm. seems to happen on a lot of um, yeah girls dancing videos is that guys will sort of have these jokey type comments in there. And I don't know how old the guys are because mm. if the girl is 18 and the guy is 20, I don't really have a problem with the comments. Uh, You know, I'm all in favor for free speech and things, but if the girl is 15 and the guy's 22 or something, then I have a problem with that because that crosses a boundary for me. Mm. Uh, And I just think it's quite inappropriate. So it seems 
pretty sensible for governments to regulate these apps, especially TikTok. Yeah. But I think uh, the the machinations at play are that TikTok actually have a lot of elected officials in their uh, back pocket mm. because Trump was actually going to ban TikTok and then they went through a lobbying campaign and then he didn't ban them because uh, he paid off half of the... Con- the TikTok paid off half the Congress, I can only assume. Yeah. So... There's all sorts of uh, flaws in yeah. Why you know, would they the take down the videos? Companies have yeah, yeah and and, and it, it is, yes because it's an app that's well. You can even get into geopolitical um, purposes there, where China actually wants to keep Westerners glued onto their mm. hedonistic apps um, in order to just continually uh, diminish the culture. Yeah. So if you really want to get your tinfoil hat on there, which I don't even think that's um a uh a, a conspiracy theory yeah. completely out of the bounds of possibility no. uh but something has to be done and i can only see a government solution being appropriate i, I don't think there's a, a cultural solution where people will individually choose to put down the apps i think uh I think social media has to be treated like smoking. Mm. I think it needs to be regular, especially for people under the age of 18. And and speaking specifically about this, not safe for work content. Now, look, there's a, there's a gray area there. What is not safe for work for some people may be appropriate for others. And at what point does it just become prudish? But I think when you're dealing with people under the age of 18, you have to err on the side of you'd, you'd rather be a bit prudish yeah. and ensure that uh, young people develop properly uh, psychologically rather than, um, you know, risking being too uh, conservative and, and allowing mm. too much NSFW content being out there. So I think awareness and then just. Uh, eventually pressuring governments is the way to stop uh, this. I wouldn't ever be in favor of banning apps like TikTok. Obviously, it's it's been great for me, mm. been very beneficial. But some sort of regulation seems very reasonable. Um, and I understand also the, uh, well, I don't know if you want to call it the, the, the feminist viewpoint here, but, well, it should just be the men who don't make those comments and who don't send those uh, gross messages, especially to underage girls but i then think if it is if if it is happening you have to deal with that first and i think Mm. regulation and unfortunately that means maybe some uh teenage girls shouldn't be allowed to be um overtly sexual on on the apps or i mean if they are like you said i think if there's some sort of filter to have um you know people aged 10 Mm. to 14 on one type of TikTok and then 14 to 18 on another and then 18 and above. Uh, or if you want, you can do an 18 to 22 and then 22 and above. Uh, but some sort of very sensible regulation seems logical for me. I think so. I think that we're kind of getting there because we can't we can't yet really monitor or, or put into prevent the sexualization on the internet because it hasn't been around long enough. But, you know, with some countries where we have you know, now we have 10 years of data on how social media affects body image of both girls and boys. And now some countries are putting into place where I think like Denmark and a few others, you it is now illegal to Photoshop your bodies 
without stating this photo has been photoshopped um which i think is really great um very very just like how now we can't you know you can't advertise things without stating this is an ad um on instagram things like that so i think that we'll get there eventually but really quickly an interesting point that's kind of related i think but not really i don't know um is that Mm. on tiktok with the and how Catboy says it's really hard to get these videos down. Once you report them, nothing ever happens with no violation. But when you constantly see on the plus side community on TikTok and also LGBTI community sometimes as well, but especially plus size, if they put anything up that's not even like provocative, like if they're wearing a low cut top and talking about walking their dog, or even if they are doing like this is a new swimsuit I bought, but it's not like sexy dancing. They're constantly, their videos are getting taken down and they're saying it's because I'm not the beauty standard and um, TikTok removes these videos like this. So I find that interesting how we remove the videos that aren't actually sexualized and inappropriate, but we keep the ones up that are because they, they're raking in all the views and engagement. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose, yeah, they're just using... Uh human beings as some sort of psychological experiment (laughs) for westerners Mm -hmm. to just see how hooked can we get the west literally on uh sexualized imagery and uh uh, immediate dopamine hits yeah so for child safety for even for geopolitical reasons i think the government does need to step in and some of those uh, very reasonable regulations there uh, seem to make a lot of sense. I think it does need to be treated like smoking. There's laws that say it's not the same as smoking, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but it's an addiction. Social media is an And more than anything, parents need to be educated. I actually, last week I did a, sure. um, an internet safety, uh, <laughs> so fun, internet safety training through my work. And um, I'm one of the youngest people at my work in my role. Um, and they had the top six um, apps that children were using at the moment. There was Omegle, like chat roulette. There was Snapchat. There was House Party. There was... House Party? What's that? It was one where it's like you can start... It's like a chat room, but it's only with your contact. So imagine Snapchat and you start like a video call and then anyone on your Snapchat list can join in if they wish of up to six people. So random people can join right. or you can schedule a Zoom call basically for young people. Um, but random friends can join in and out of it. So it was like a lockdown thing. Um, and then there's like Instagram and TikTok. Right. There was a couple other ones, I can't remember. But when um, they asked us like, how many of these six are you familiar with? I was familiar with six out of six, but basically everyone else that I'd work with <laughs> knew one, they knew Instagram and snapchat and that was it they didn't know any of the others so i think that there's and all the parents i work with all of the kids seven-year-olds are on tiktok and i'm like get the kid off tiktok or have a look yourself of what tiktok actually is because it isn't youtube where they're looking up videos of you know unboxing my new bike um there's there's a lot that they're accessing that they're not actually um aware of and, and heaps of the kids i work with use roblox um which is a game but how i've heard it literally half the kids i work with that have been on that game have been targeted by pedophiles i've gone through three police cases for it recently and these parents are completely unaware so i think that 
It's so Whoa. important. The parents are educated because they just, they have no idea. They have no idea about Snapchat having the locations on, none of these things. So it's pretty crazy. That's the one <laughs> benefit of me being like young and aware of these things is that I can educate, but um, none of the parents ever know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. So uh, I think we'll... Leave that very depressing topic there. <laughs> thanks, Catboy, um, bringing it back up. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks Catboy. Um, uh, we've got another question here, and uh, this one is from D, as I always say, unless you make it uh, clear that... Yeah, oh, yep, he said I could uh, rather remain anonymous. So um, I should always check, check for just, that. Just assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Hi, Liza and Neil. I've been listening to the podcast since your first episode. Oh, thank you. And it's helped me a lot navigate the confusing world, and I've really enjoyed listening to the both of you, uh-huh. so thanks very much. Uh, I'm an 18-year-old male, and I've been out of high school for a while. A little over a year and a half ago, I met a girl through someone I knew at work, and at first, things seemed to be going really well. We had only a few short conversations at this stage, but I had heard a lot about her, and I knew I would like to see where a possible relationship might go. I contacted her on social media, but things didn't end up going anywhere. Since then, we have still remained in contact through work every so often. The issue is, even though it doesn't seem to be a possibility, I haven't been able to shake it. As I said, it's been more than a year and the whole thing is really starting to get to me. If you guys have any advice for teens in their first experiences of relationships and dating, it would be really appreciated. That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's uh, that's very, that's very cute. Uh, It sounds like, sounds like she's not interested. Don't want to be too harsh straight off the bat, but I'm getting the vibe that she may not be. I always think it's always good to be direct in any sort of situation. I don't know, especially when you're 18, it can be difficult, but I suppose it wouldn't hurt just uh, asking her up front, like, hey, would you be interested in seeing me as something more than a friend? Uh, we had only a few conversations at this stage, but I'd heard a lot about her and I knew I'd like to see where a possible relationship might go. Aww. Okay, so if you've contacted her on social media and things didn't end up going anywhere, um, if you've made it clear that that's what you were after, a romantic relationship, something more than friends, and she's either been coy or uh, avoidant or just directly said no, then you probably do need to accept that. Um, I understand it's hard, especially if, if this is your first experience uh, talking to a girl like this. But like I said, yeah, I think be, being direct... But if you've already been direct and, and, and she sort of hinted that um, it's not on the cards, then you need you do need to accept that and, and, you know, don't make her feel bad about it or anything like that, obviously. Eliza, what do you think? See, I kind of disagree because this is the advice oh, you're saying okay. is what I would say to an adult. I mean, you are an adult DA team, but uh, that's what right, I would say right. to pe- like people our age or above. But when it's your first relationships and thinking back to when I was 18, I always, when it comes to like teenagers or under the age of 20, maybe 21 and under, I don't think the direct 
uh, approach works. Um, like Fair straight point. out saying it's been like, a while since I've been <laughs> yeah, being like, oh, I'd love to take <laughs> you for a drink. I'd love to take you for like a little picnic. It doesn't work on teenagers. That ca- Actually, now that you say that, yeah, yeah look, you, you, I think, you know what? I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> um, and I remember like, that happened to me a few times when I was 18 um, and I was bartending. I would always get asked out. And I, or even as a teenager before then, if someone asked me that directly, I'd just say no. <laughs> and then I think about it for like six months right, right. afterwards being like, shit, I should have said yes. He was so cute, but it's just in the spot. I get shy and I was just saying no. I think that when you're this young, the best way you can approach it is, and first of all, your people are way more likely or less likely, sorry, to make it obvious at that age that they're interested in someone. So I get what he means where mm. he's like, I don't know. Like she might just be not into it or maybe she is and she's not showing it. She's, you know, mutual friends, social, you know, uh, impact. But the best way I can think what you should do, D, is if she, if you come across and you're seeing each other or even if there's something on social media and she posts something like Froyo or something, pick that mutual interest. Froyo, it's this not, is me okay. being like eight, not what are 18 anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I reckon eighteen-year-olds wouldn't even know what you talk. Fro- Frozen yogurt. Let us know Flushies. if you're eighteen. Let us know if you knew what Froyo was. <laughs> or am That's I a big really out of touch with reality? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but well, look, we're both showing that we're out of touch. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, I, now that I. <laughs> Yeah, I guess like I default to like, okay, how would you talk to a, a woman in her mid-20s? And yeah. I think being direct is always the best. But you're right. Speaking, I haven't spoken to an 18-year-old for a long That's time. Good. So <laughs> I haven't tried to court an 18-year-old girl, woman, legally a woman, but I think more like a girl yeah. for a very long time. So uh, Eliza does make a very good point there. But yeah, go on, Eliza. Keep so find something that she is interested in, whether it be through your conversation or through something she even like an Instagram story. And I'm gonna go with my okay, let's just let's change it from Froyo to like Thai. She uploads a photo of Thai food or she says, I love Thai food. Then you say, <laughs> Oh my god, I know the best place. Um you don't have to say, Oh my god, you say, I know the best place for Thai. Let me know if you wanna go one time. And then she'll be like, Yeah, cool, like balls on her court. Okay. Follow up once though, because she will then go to her girlfriends and be like, oh, he said, let me know, but I'm too scared. So then follow up again, being like, hey, uh, like I said, this is the name of that place. Let me know if you'd be keen to try it out sometime. Or if it's if she's not posting or saying things that are of that interest, you say something around her to see what gauges her interest. Be like, oh yeah, when I went to like, you know, the, this arcade on Saturday, does she react? No. And we tried craft beers. Shirak, no. And then we went mini. What's what's it? What's that mini golf thing called? Fuck. Oh, um, holy moly! Yeah, we went to holy moly, and then she's like, oh, "I love holy moly." Then you're like, "Oh, we should go." Yeah, let's go. That's how you do it for I reckon that age group um, is the best approach. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I suppose uh, you know what? I think it's a good thing that I'm uh, not well versed in how to court eighteen year olds. Yeah. So yeah. That shows that I'm not a borderline pedophile. Um. <laughs> and group hangs as well is much more popular for that for that um, age. age. So if you're already mutual friends, you're at a benefit where you can be like, we should like get a crew, a crew. We should get our friends together. <laughs> Shit. Get a crew and get Froyo. Why am I trying to sound so hip? YOLO. <laughs> what were the 2013 Swag. trends? Swag. 
YOLO. Let's go to the Justin Bieber concert <laughs> and get some Froyo. Shit, man. What's TikTok? Don't judge me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, did you get what I mean. Did you see Ask FM last night? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So you watch this podcast with this girl that's so... I don't even know how to say the word anymore. Is it Chugi? Chugi? Oh, Chugi. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Two Chugi millennials who are now in the, um, you know, the the mid stages of uh, transitioning into adulting. (laughs) It's so Chugi that I didn't even know how to say the word Chugi. Yes. Yeah. What is your, what is your Harry Potter house? I, I even, I'm with Gen Z. I never liked Harry Potter. I read the first three books and I was like, this this is boring. I don't want to... I don't care about his scar and the wizardry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I never liked it. Wow. Yeah, yeah so I know. So unique. <laughs> so indie. Uh, yeah, indie, that's another one. Yeah. That's not really a term yeah. used anymore. <laughs> uh, like, this is possible... He did say, I contacted her on social media, but things didn't end up going anywhere. So maybe you could be a little, you know, you got to still, even at that age, you still got to weigh up not being too coy yeah. without being too direct. Send her a fire emoji. <laughs> uh, look, yeah. Just kidding. Don't, don't Again, do that. Stick to my the, prior Emojis. Advice. That's yeah. the millennial thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, remained in contact. All right. So they do, they are still in contact. Hang on, I'm just a bit... So they've remained in contact through work, but then she... It didn't go anywhere on social media. Yeah, so he hasn't been able to kind of get that mm. chat going outside of work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Try again. You can do it. Find something you're mutually yeah. interested in. Do a group hang. You'll, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be good. And also, I just want to say that... Um, D reminds me, I don't know if it's the same guy or a different person, but I had a guy message me um, who listens to this podcast uh, a few weeks ago or a couple months ago. And he was also, I think, 17 or 18. And he was telling me he'd had a crush on this girl for like uh, a year or two. And he was like, how do I, I just want to get over it. Like, why, what does it mean? Like, I like her for so long. And I relate to that so much because when you're at that age, you can get a crush it's, on someone yeah. and it's so intense. Like I remember I had a crush on the guy for like two whole years and I literally was like, we are soulmates. And then anyway, We've all been well, I met him yeah, once, we rough. hung out, whatever. And then a year later I met him. I was like, oh my God, finally, he's my chance. He's probably been thinking about me this whole time. He had no idea who I was, literally no idea. Introduced himself all over again. And here I was, been in love with him the last like 12 months. So when you're that young and you're new to like relationships and love, it is really, it's intense. And that's the amazing part of it, but also it can be shitty because you might be thinking we could be so good together and she might not have given you a second thought ever. So that's just kind of the risk that you have to bear with it um, and, and be cautious of. So part of life. Part of life, Got to learn yeah. the hard way sometimes through rejections or unrequited love. But if it works out, it's amazing. Uh, but uh, if it doesn't work out, don't uh, keep your, uh, don't stay in the dumps for too long. That's life. And, wasn't meant uh, to be. You know, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Talk to your your mates, and uh, nothing wrong with being sad for a while. Um, there's nothing wrong with uh, having intense feelings like a crush for an extended period of time. You shouldn't be trying to get over someone. It'll happen naturally. 
in fact, the more you try and force yourself to stop loving someone or stop trying trying to get over someone, as with anything in love and relationships, uh, it tends to have the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. So uh, just let the... Un- <laughs> this is going to be the most hippie thing I've ever said. Let the universe do its work. But actually... <laughs> if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Uh, okay. I, I think we're, there's not really much more we can cover there. I think... Uh, I would, uh, you know what? I'll take Eliza's advice there. Maybe don't be too direct. Um, anyone who's trying to court women in their mid twenties, though, I think yeah, be direct. Direct, yeah, be direct. Um, but yeah, eighteen, yeah, probably not. Yeah, be subtle. Uh, that would be an interesting experiment to uh, see how women of different age groups respond to uh, how you know how direct the. Um, message is when someone's well, trying to ask them out or up, tell Neil. them they have feelings for them that'll be a very interesting experiment i think i think would would you agree yeah. i would i would guess that as women get older they'd respond more to, positively to straightforward direct messages i think also though it would it would depend on how good looking the person is that is messaging them as a (laughs) when you're 18 and a a girl from both girls and guys I think at that age you're very very driven by physical attraction and that's what's exciting so if someone that you thought was like the hottest person ever messaged you being like let let me pick you up and take you out she's much more likely to say yes but if you're a mutual friend or friend or friend and or someone that you know you you have that work relationship with or you're not the you know the man of her fantasy she's more likely to be a bit shy and be like oh i don't know probably not um so if you go about it in a more gentle and subtle way she's it's gonna be more comfortable for her to be like yeah okay let's let's get froyo but mm. let's bring our friends oh i gotta stop saying froyo you're not getting froyo <laughs> do people still get froyo not getting froyo uh, maybe <laughs> tell does us does froyo still exist I gen ted <laughs> If you're getting froyo, please. Actually, someone yeah, actually let me lit, know. If you're getting lit, fam, with <laughs> your froyo, huh? <laughs> if you're yoloing with your froyo, <laughs> if you're swagging out with your froyo. Oh my oh. god, I'm so ashamed. But I do remember. I will say, you know, I uh, when I was a teenager, I remember the. I think I mentioned on this podcast when I was in year ten. I was just in love with this girl. Pretty much from year nine. In all of year 10, and I was going to ask her out once at the end of year 10, and I just, I couldn't do it. And then, like, a little bit through year 11, I, I finally asked her out. And, well, I told her, I didn't ask her out. I, um, we were hanging out as friends. And then I, uh, I guess I confessed my love. <laughs> uh, I said I had pretty strong feelings Aww. for her. And, you know, when you, like, prepare it in your head, you say, these are the things I'm going to say and this is exactly how I'm going to articulate it. And then it just comes out as a bumbling, <laughs> awkward mess. Aww. I was a disaster. I was shaking. I couldn't look her in the eye. Oh, it was just an awkward what did she mess. Say? And she said, oh, I never saw you as anything more than a friend. Aww. So, yeah, brutal, brutal. But look, you learn from all those experiences. So that's, I think that's why, because if I were to tell my... Uh, 15 slash 16 year old self something i would have probably said look maybe don't wait two years yeah. being coy uh maybe yeah. like a couple months into it you should have probably been a bit more direct it's hard like i was very nervous mm-hmm. and you know it's your first uh uh experience of uh infatuation uh but 
I think back to some of the popular guys in, in my school, at least, they seem to be quite direct. But look, again, I... I wouldn't, uh, I, I, I retract the advice where I said just send her like one or two messages saying, hey, would you like to get a drink? Don't do that. Uh, but don't be too coy, but don't be too direct. How about we? Yeah, just be in the middle. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> really easy. Yeah. Goldilocks. All right. Well, since we uh, got through that one, and D, uh, let us know how it yeah, goes. Please. We always love updates. Okay, Anyone love who's uh, updates. sent us a question. Uh, fill us in. Let us know how it, your situation has transpired or yeah. um, what the results have been. I've got one more question here, actually. And okay. It's from H. Dear Neil and Eliza, I'd like to hear your take on a frequently emphasized idea in the sphere of self help and dating advice, which is not giving a fuck. As humans, we are hardwired to desire things that we don't slash can't have. I think a good example of this is how a lot of people are willing to make tremendous sacrifices just to get into medicine and become a doctor, even though they really have no idea if the career is actually something they would enjoy. <clears throat> this phenomenon is the same in dating. That's why when dating, people would control their impulses and match the other person's level of interest. They know that if they seem too keen, the other person would not feel attracted to them. For the pursuer, this then leads to feelings of inadequacy, resentment, and emotional burnout. Very true. As you're putting up a fake persona of confidence. In the sphere of self-help and dating advice, the advice is to internalize not giving a fuck so that you don't have to pretend to not give a fuck. This to me is abstract bullshit. <laughs> desire feelings of... Desire feelings of inadequacy and an attachment to outcome come in a package. You cannot separate one from the other. Feelings of inadequacy come with desire because we only ever develop strong desire for the things that elude us. If you truly don't give a fuck, then you don't actually have desire. Therefore, when going after someone that you actually desire, your only option is to pretend to not give a fuck. If you ever reach a point of actually not giving a fuck, you would break up, uh, cheat, etc. What are your thoughts on this? This guy sounds like you, Neil. Like Ooh. he's so logical yeah, yeah, and say. analytical. This is, <laughs> this is Neil's mate. Uh, this is my uh, long-lost twin. Neil just wrote this in himself <laughs> to, to share his views. <laughs> this is exactly... Uh, I've had these thoughts. This is... Uh, yes. Everything you've said there is accurate. This guy goes very deep true. into analysis. You can tell he's a reflector. Mm, he's mm. like, hang on a minute. There's someone mm, here doesn't make he's sense. He's an analyzer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a head thinker, he as you say. definitely is. <laughs> So first, uh, Eliza, let's hear your thoughts on on this and the general uh, premise of not giving a fuck. Yeah. And then I have a fair bit to say on this, Mm -hmm. uh, but take it away. I am actually of the party that supports not giving a fuck. Um, I haven't read the book because I felt like I've already mastered it. Um, And it's something that I, I have really really lived by for quite um some time coming from someone that i used to be really extremely shy um very socially awkward and anxious and stressed all the time and then one day i decided i'm not gonna fuck like i literally just had this epiphany where it was okay i can either be really scared or and worried about this or i just could not um and i chose not to and then i practiced that every single day and it literally changed 
my entire outlook and experience of life so it's really positive and I people get really confused about this not giving a fuck because I think like you can't just not care about anything you know it's avoidant behavior or things like that I think the the logic and understanding behind it is that actually it's about put you only have so much energy each day or emotional energy to expend expend it on your passions and your values and give a fuck about those things but things that aren't within you know your value like um i'm 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 worried about you know this person judging me for wearing pink because i'm a male is that something that you really value that this stranger's opinion no then and then practice not caring about that opinion because it doesn't benefit you um but if it was something that you really really truly care about and you want people to be like you know proving then then maybe you can care about it but it's about choosing where where you expend that energy of caring into so i i choose things that upset me i really choose not to um care about them much if they're out of my control especially i'm like i'm not going to waste energy any energy thinking about that and my friends come to me all the time being like how has this not bothered you like when i bought this house recently everything went to shit our floors were ruined we didn't realize all these things like everything done everyone's like how do you not care? Like, I'd be so upset. And I was like, well, <laughs> shit happens. Like, whatever. Um, we sorted it. It is what it yeah, is, Yeah, right? exactly. It is what it is. We mm. sorted it out and it worked. Um, so to come just quickly to uh, butt in there, I think H would say something like, well, if you don't give a fuck or if you act like you don't give a fuck when you're pursuing someone, you're acting like you don't even care about them. So in the realm of dating and desire, how would you respond to something like that? Well, I Because it seems so counterintuitive to love to say, oh, to be successful in dating, you have to not give a fuck about people. I think that it's... I think he's kind of, in my opinion, almost got it a little bit like to he's applying the same rule to every scenario so like when it comes to love or relationships i will definitely give a fuck about that and if someone upsets me i'm not going to be like i decide not to get upset about what my boyfriend said no i'm going to get upset about it because that's you know my value but when it comes to dating and introducing myself to people and going out i am someone that you know i, I will wear my heart on the sleeve and i will invest in it and sometimes if um this person's a dickhead i'm pretty easy to get over things and be like well wasn't meant to be works on and whether or not that's appropriate if you're someone that is response to that and be like i want time to sit with this pain i want to sit with this frustration i want to reflect on this and work through it that's an amazing personality trait of yours as well and that's something to be celebrated but it's not not everyone goes in not be not giving a shit about anything and not having any investments although i can see that with this dating age and tinder and things like that it's like well this doesn't work see you next i've got 10 other people lined up um so it is mm. it is hard um but at the same time some people just have that easygoing nature and it's not something we can get mm. frustrated at either it's about finding someone that matches your energy or, or balances it out i don't know if i'm hitting mm. hitting the mark with what his question is so what do you think well, I think not giving a fuck, what that really means, doesn't mean that you don't care about things and you don't care about the people that you're interested in. It means that you don't have an emo- you try not to have an emotional response to outcomes that you have no control mm. over. Well said. So yeah. not giving a fuck means you can do everything right, everything appropriately, and then someone still rejects you. That's when you have to not give a fuck, yeah. okay? Also with self-help, uh, you have a goal, you have a passion, you 
desire a certain outcome for yourself. That's the key difference there. If you desire being rich for the sake of being rich, or if you desire climbing a certain hierarchy simply because you like the idea of having high status in that hierarchy, well, then you're putting your self-worth into um, outcomes that will involve uh, other people's input. Whereas what you should give a fuck about is the quality of the work you're producing or uh, your personal uh, output and is it improving? Are you uh, actually employing the behaviors of self-improvement and self-help? Now, in the world of dating, yes, I understand how frustrating it can be when you're madly in love with someone or you just desire them more than anything and you want to tell them that, you want to share with them how much this person means to you uh, and you're told not to do that. And it's hard because it feels like we're suppressing uh, very real human emotions. And to a certain extent, I agree there. I think the dating culture today has just become so toxic that uh, <laughs> not giving a fuck actually works. That's how desensitized mm, everyone is. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of playing the environment and not giving a fuck really does work when you really desire someone faking... Uh, not not necessarily an entire lack of desire, but uh, um, a desire far less than what you actually feel may actually work. Now, for whatever reason, I do believe there's human psychology at play here. Yeah. We want what we can't have. Mm -hmm. And therefore, sometimes you do have to fake it till you make mm -hmm. it. And it's it sucks. It hurts. You can't really articulate the full extent of your feelings, but it can be effective. However... There's a middle ground here as well, like with everything. Uh, if you try too hard to not give a fuck, well, then you actually do give a fuck. You're caring too much in a way. In fact, I think it, it talks about that in the classic book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, what you need to do is not be attached to the outcome. So it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. As Eliza said, shit happens. All of these are very simplistic cliches. But they're very true. They're, they're, they're important, significant words to live by because it's an acceptance of events out of your control. And I think this is what the, the best definition, the most charitable interpretation of the mantra, I don't give a fuck, really means. Mm. Uh, also, what I've realized as I've gotten older is some of those uh Deep feelings of desire and infatuation can feel like romantic love and I just want to give this person everything and uh, I just want to crawl over broken glass to just uh, listen to this. <laughs> but what is it, the cliche is like, listen to this person fart or whatever, but maybe not that. <laughs> but, um, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> those feelings can actually be born out of a lack of self-worth that you may need to work on. Now, this is sort of a realisation that you may come to later on in your life uh maybe mid late 20s early 30s something like that i don't know how old you are um but that's when i came to it at least uh and once you work on that uh you no longer need love or you, you no longer need a certain outcome or a certain achievement to fill a physiological void that may exist within you uh so if you feel fulfilled if you're content with where you are in life then you probably won't have 
intense feelings of infatuation. There'll be very healthy feelings of love. There's a uh, there's a marked difference between a healthy love and a um, insecure uh, infatuation. Mm. It's not the same as insecure attachment there, but uh, a, a desire and a sort of romantic ideation that's born out of uh, either insecurity or just a, some sort of lacking uh, in your life. So, again, this is another cliche trope in, in self-help, but if you have your house in order, that will actually uh, go a long way to helping you with potentially feelings of uh, incredible desire for uh, external uh, possibilities, whether that be love or success or getting into medicine or whatever it may be. Um, mm. It's hard because he think- also, he's, he's almost kind of crossing into two aspects like romantic and then also just life in general and having that feeling in which I think you do have to kind of handle them differently. Um, Like not giving a fuck during life, I think can be really, really helpful sometimes, like I said before, but in romance, if if you have that personality type though, that you just, you want to shower someone with love and you're like, let's just go all in. Like, let's just see where this goes. That works for a lot of people. I know a lot of people that love that approach and you just got to find someone that's kind of going to mesh with that. It might be hard though, but. Eh, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I think some people do like that approach, but I think the vast majority of people, if it's if it's sort of an egregious amount of desire nowadays, it'll be called love bombing. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it depends, I think. It depends on, um, I, I guess, how genuine and grounded and secure that you can come across, like Neil said, there as a person. And if you have that yeah. um, kind of sorted and someone can gauge from you that like, this is a safe and and secure within himself person that he's not coming to me as like an obsession but he's just like i really like you just see so many great things in you i want to take you out twice this week not not one date on the week or whatever then i think that that will work for you um in in many cases not not all but you don't have to approach every relationship with i'm not going to give a fuck and she won't give a fuck either it just, you never know who's going to come in with what mindset and what's going to work. Um, and that analyzing, is this person not giving a fuck? Am I not giving, or am I giving too much of a fuck or things like that isn't going to do you any good. It's just going to cause you to, to anal- psychoanalyze a situation that may not need that much analysis at all. Um, and mm. it, it, that's where you, if that's where you want to put your energy, that's good. But reflect on, is that where your energy, is that where you want your energy to go? If you haven't read that book, The Salat of Not Giving a Fuck, I think this would be very appropriate to someone like you, H, because uh, mm-hmm. like me, you do sound like a very analytical person. And he really uh, just, I know it's such a cliche book and a lot of people uh, have negative things to say about it. I really like that book. I think it's a great introduction and also just like a very sort of simple Bible of self-help concepts. Um written in a conversational fun way i i i really like that book and and i think the second one's even better actually huh. everything's fucked huh. <laughs> which uh Read yeah uh yeah i mean okay when he's talking about medicine so some people will make tremendous sacrifices just to get into medicine and become a doctor even though they really have no idea 
if the career is actually something they would enjoy. Yeah. I mean, it, it. look, it's true. We are hardwired to desire things that we don't and can't have. Um, and this leads to... Hmm. I think, though... You go. Hmm. No, I'm actually just thinking, so you, okay. you go. I think that... Um, when it comes to things like that and, and the human psychology and, you know, evolutionary biology, it's really important to take into account that, yes, one, we do desire things that we can't have. And I think that one of the concepts of that book actually um, is that sometimes if we were just given the thing that we desire without the effort behind it, we wouldn't actually have the happiness behind it. And that you need the pain in order to achieve the happiness. Um, and when it comes to how much effort and, you know, our, how we respond to things and feeling anxious or stress in response to other humans and our interactions and things like that, it's really important to realize that as humans, we've been, you know, biologically hardwired to avoid any sort of social isolation or being shamed by things because back in the day you'd be kicked out of the tribe and without the tribe you wouldn't survive um so it is you know like yep. they say feeling ex physical pain is way easier than feeling emotional pain or embarrassment within in front of peers so a lot of people will avoid oh, yeah. things um or tiptoe around situations and or not wear their heart on the sleeve to avoid that situation just really quickly yeah. uh, i just uh what can also be happening is an emotion, a, a sort of uh, evolutionary psycho psychological response to people who desire you to an extent where subconsciously you one doubt their authenticity, but two, mm. you question the, the motives and and you think, have I been idealized by this person put on a pedestal? Now, some of that is good. Some of that is just genuine romantic love. But there also is a truth to the idea that, uh, you know, oh, if, if you sort of think to yourself, you know, if only I had this person in my life, my life would be so mm. much better. If I had this perfect person, this hypothetical person, more likely than not, you're sort of projecting these ideas of perfection onto someone else. My life would be amazing. I'd have someone I can care for and someone who can understand who I really am. That's the danger sign because you're clearly... First of all, insecure, okay, you don't need another person to fulfill you, okay? You, you can have another person that you mutually care for, you, you know, you mutually care for each other and, and you sort of have this mutual fulfillment through a relationship. But if you feel unfulfilled initially, then you should be trying to work on that first. And I think when, it, when uh, self-help and dating advice is... Uh, says something along the lines of internalizing not giving a fuck it's not it's not telling you to just adopt this nihilistic attitude of nothing matters and i don't even care ironically enough that would be effective those sorts of people actually can do well especially in modern dating but no that's not what it's saying it's again i come back to what at least i think it's saying which is uh, uh not being attached to the outcome not being emotionally mm -hmm. attached to the outcome. Things happen that are out of our control. Now, again, we're human. Uh, if someone breaks up with us, if if someone we do really desire rejects us, of course, we're going to feel very negative emotions then, okay? And that's why you're actually working against your own psychology to an extent, okay, to, to an extent. 
uh, and too much of that is unhealthy. But a, a, a healthy, I think there can be a sort of healthy adoption of that idea mm-hmm. um, where you, you know, you, if you practice mindfulness meditation, you understand it's, it's sort of, it's Eastern philosophy, right? Yeah. Like your ego is what uh, causes you to desire and a lack of desire leads to pain and, you know, all pain and suffering comes from the ego. Mm. If you really want to get hippie about it, <laughs> um, I think uh, those sorts of words are very wise. Mm. So, again, I, I understand how frustrating that can be. When I was younger, I, I, I hated that. I hated that you sort of had to fake uh, or, or uh, degrade the extent of your desire for someone in order for them to be more receptive to what you're putting out there. But one, fake it till you make it is not really, I think, the best way of looking at it. But it's showing that you're confident within yourself to say, I want you, mm. but I don't need you. Yeah. You know, I want to be a doctor, but I don't need to be a doctor. I'll still be fulfilled mm. and I'll still live a happy life if that doesn't happen. But I'm going to give myself the best opportunity uh, to achieve that. Sure, I'll be disappointed um, if I don't achieve the outcome. I would like, but I'm not attached to that. If I've if I've done everything in my control to try and achieve that, and if it still doesn't happen, such is life. It is what it is. Shit happens, mm. and that's I think the the most charitable version, and at least the version I subscribe to of IDGAF. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's well said. What you if you can avoid. An extended period of time where you are dwelling on something and stressing about something or fuming about something, you should. If you can't avoid it, you should. If you can say, well, damn, that sucks, and then get up and move on, that's great. But um, I think you raised another really good point before about the putting someone on a pedestal is never going to be, it's never going to work in your favor, even though it feels really good. But the higher you put someone on a pedestal, you know, the further you fall when things go down. So I think that's a really important um, thing to realize. And the difference mm. I always say um, to people. And I, w- I will, like I said, yeah. though, I do have to make that point where, like, I do think there's certain feelings that are very natural and human. Yeah. And I just think, you know, not putting someone on a pedestal, but not being attached, trying not to be attached to the outcome if that person um, isn't who you does, think they are or doesn't fulfill yeah we get sold yeah, on a fantasy like and i do all yes. the time when i meet someone or when i was dating and i met someone i wasn't ever thinking let's like you know i'm gonna go on 10 dates and then figure out our first date i'm thinking what's the potential here like where can this go is it gonna be casual is it gonna be romantic i'm always always thinking about those things and it's so natural and a lot of people get like my friend i think i spoke about recently was seeing a guy for only six eight weeks they ended things and she was shattered she was so heartbroken because she had in that time truly convinced herself this is the one for me this is my life partner this is you know it's going to be the best thing i've ever had that's ever happened to me he's the most beautiful person i've ever met um and it, she wasn't really grieving him when they broke up. She was grieving these fantasies that she was having of what their life was going to be. Um, and I think an important distinction to make about infatuation and true love is that infatuation is when you look at someone and you see no fault or flaw in that person. You think they're absolutely amazing. And that's not true love. True love is when you see someone, see their flaws 
and still love them for that and knowing that. But if you look at someone, you're like, I cannot name a single thing wrong with you. That's infatuation and, and it, that's an exciting um, experience. And, and it's not something you should avoid. I don't think you have to take an approach where you're like, you know, no one gives a fuck these days. So I'm not going to have that because I love, that's what I love about love. That's what I loved about dating is going through that phase and, and just like being so like expressionate with your love and passion. I think that's a beautiful quality if you have that just got to find someone that appreciates mm. it and is like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go down this fucking road. It's going to be fun. Mm. It's hard because so many people are very guarded yeah. in uh, the dating environment today and, and jaded because mm. we are very casual mm-hmm. in the way we flick through uh, superficial profiles of people and then discard them if they're no longer useful to us. Uh, and I think change can start with the individual. We all could be better at that and giving people the time of day. And yeah. if we have decided to stop seeing someone, don't ghost them. Uh, send them a message, preferably do it in person, especially if it's been longer than a couple of weeks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Eliza's right. There's, there's a difference there between sort of a, an unhealthy desire and a, a, an infatuation that's trying to fill a void uh, versus wanting the best out of yourself, I'd mm. say. I like to think that's the way I look at it now. Um, I know, you know, if I feel like I haven't lived up to my best self and as a result I've lost something, that really hurts. Mm. Uh, in fact, yeah, that is... Uh, probably the best way to describe uh, my my last uh, relationship. Uh, but you also have to be, I won't say resigned, but accepting of the fact that there are certain things out of your control mm. and you can't be too resentful about it. You have to be accepting. That's it. The yeah. people who are accepting, the people who are glass half full kind of people, it's not that they don't feel pain. It's not that they don't feel desire. It's not that they don't feel sadness. But the narrative around those negative emotions, I'm sure I've gone through this on previous podcasts, but yes, the narrative around those negative emotions uh, is conducive to uh, overcoming them faster and more effectively than having a uh, glass half empty narrative. Well said, Neil. I want to put it that That way. was beautiful. Very well said. <laughs> Thank Look you. at you. You're a guru now. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, I need my long hair again. I'm thinking of getting a... Getting more wise. Well, I would have gotten a mullet, but like now it's too mainstream. Everyone's getting a mullet now, yeah. so I don't want to get a mullet. But uh, I want it to look like very hood and intimidating. So I wanted to like grow my beard as long as possible and then put like slits in my eyebrows. Can you get two little braids? Get a crew cut or... In your beard? Oh, yeah. could do that. Yeah. yeah, because I just think it'd be so funny but also just interesting to see someone with a personality that just does not match his look do you watch um, because did you watch squid game yeah i watched all of it with my girlfriend How good on, is um, it? saturday night and sunday morning it's it's good it's definitely addictive i think it's a little bit cliche at some points <sighs> but it. it's pretty good it's very like you get hooked. you know the guy who's yeah. like the gangster and he's got the snake tattoo on 
oh, on yeah, his face. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the best videos of him that in real life, he's like the mushiest like teddy bear and he does a little like Tokyo filters, like poses like this on his Instagram. <laughs> like He's like the cutest Amazing. friendly little thing. So yeah. I love that little juxtaposition, but yeah. A good show. I'm really interested in that right now. I think yeah. it's very compelling to see people who don't, uh, whose uh, personality doesn't fit the stereotype yeah, of their look. I love that. So, yeah. uh, for a while there, I was considering getting not even a mullet. You know, one of those like, uh, you know, hood Western Sydney mullets that it's just all shaved off the top and the oh. sides, and then you just have the back oh. bit. A few footy players have that. I, I would seriously consider it. I just have to think about it a bit more because it's a big What did your girlfriend say? <laughs> yeah, she was like, uh, preferably not, but whatever. <laughs> That's what a good response. I love that. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, the yeah. subtle art yeah. of not giving a fuck. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, you're not wrong. Yeah. She's a... What a legend. She's got a psychology degree. Ah, so, there you go. Uh, she's nailed it. Yeah. You'd hope she's... Uh, good it's uh managing those sorts well you of know feelings. what they say some um, people that study psychology are often the craziest i can definitely oh yeah attest to that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, a lot of people who preach self-help need it the most have their their life is in a total shambles yeah that but that's there's something so to be said true. about universal principles mm. um and and moral ethical behavioral ideals that may not be completely attainable and achievable uh for every human being but they're still worth aiming for because as they say aim for the stars land on the moon uh and you know what i think religion has mm-hmm. a lot in common with that mm-hmm. it sort of puts this like in- incredibly uh almost unattainable moral ideal out there for everyone now i don't agree with all of it but uh I mean, most of it i'd say i would most of it is just like be kind to people and give to the poor and you know like eastern religion and philosophy which is it's i think the the not giving a fuck mantra is just a sort of chuggy millennial way of uh reinterpreting eastern philosophy i think that's yeah, really what it, it is, is. If you look at eastern there's philosophy, a lot of it's all about buddhism in that kind of yeah. exactly yes being zen and just accepting feelings of desire without acting on them yeah. and and that's actually what it is so if you think it's abstract bullshit which it, it is when you express it like that I'd say don't just read uh, cliche uh, commercial self-help books. You sound like a very intelligent person. I would go deep into, um, mm. you know, Buddhist or Confucian philosophy yeah. and or, or Hindu philosophy. They're, they're the ones that articulate uh, not, not giving a fuck in a much more uh, complex mm. and um, intellectual and and a better way a couple of good ones i've read is the the buddhist within um buddhism for couples is interesting because it's about like non-attachment and love um and eastern eastern mind western body is really good as well (laughs) i like these books eastern mind western body that sounds horrible that means like you're obsessed with educational attainment and you're fat (laughs) (laughs) shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah literally it's so good though do recommend (laughs) although it does talk about chakras so i will warn you on that so yeah it goes a little bit into there well i don't know again like we always say there's probably cringe at all the hippie stuff but 
um, but there's a science to it. And actually, if you read uh, why Buddhism is a tr- is true, yeah, it's actually a very so rational explanation of uh, the the truth behind Buddhist concepts. So that would be my advice. But again, uh, let us know if uh, you even disagree with us, and would love to hear from you in another couple of months or even a year or two because this sounds like a lot of complex. Yeah. Uh, ideas that you're grappling with that may take a while to uh, iron out and either understand and accept or um, root yourself off and and think about other philosophies Mm. uh, to live your life. So thank you for the question, though. Thank you for everyone else who has sent in a question, neilkarhacker.com slash podcasts. It's $15 a month for us to answer a question or a topic. Um, and you can unsubscribe at any time, but all the money goes straight to charity. Uh, Crush Organic CBD or use the code Neil 40% off. And SolidGPS.com. If you don't want your vehicle to be stolen, SolidGPS.com. Also use the code Neil. And, and, and I should specify, uh, money from the uh, sponsorships is coming to, well, it's, it helps pay for the production cost of this. That one doesn't go to charity. So I just want to specify there. If you pay for the question or the subscription, that does go to charity. Sponsorship, if you, if you use the code and things, that does not go to charity. Um, so just want to make that clear. But thank you guys very much for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. And let us know if see. Froyo is still a thing or not. <laughs> yeah. I do, Eliza, I don't think it is. I think they all closed down. Yoga Berry and what was the other big one? Maybe there it's was just so like chat time, like bubble tea instead of Froyo. Bubble tea is the new Froyo. I don't know, shit. We're not even that old. You act like we're like in our 50s. You're like, what are the kids doing? It's like we are in our 20s. I'm with you know? the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool, okay? This is like what I say to my clients all the time. I'm hip. We're <laughs> <laughs> really, really not that old. We're in the prime of our lives, okay? True, true. All right. All righty, guys. See you next week. Have a good one. See you next time.